Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good. I want you to know that God has anointed his servant, our pastor, the, the, the father of this house. He has anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. And I want you to know that in this service, the Lord is going to be meeting you at your own point of need. He's going to be speaking the word that you need right now that will bring transformation to you. And if you are ready to receive that powerful word of God this morning, I want you to celebrate Jesus. Put your hands together as we have to be blessed by God. One more time, that's to wait for the and see the master, Reverend John Joseph, as you bless us with the powerful word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Can we pray? Father, we thank you once again for this second service. And Lord, as we gather to be imparted by your word, once again, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding. Grant us understanding of your word. And move all to the realm of wisdom. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Week. But I will just start from a crucial point. Um, from a crucial point, which is um, where I stopped last week, um, because I believe if I decide to recap everything that I taught last week, it will take time. So I would like us to open to Second Kings straight forward. I don't know why I'm having, what, whatever it's called, maybe the, some of the mics, are, but there's a feedback I'm hearing, um, something like a sound, please sound team, look, maybe one of the mics or something is on, but something is giving us unnecessary feedback, please. So 2 Kings, okay, 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, 
And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Pause. This is the a widow coming to a prophet and talking to the prophet to say, I want you to know that you know that my husband is dead. And that this man that died is a man that feared God. Now, in the era of Judaism, we can say that um, uh, today's word was that you know that my husband is a God-fearing man, is a Christian, is a born again. This is what you and I will say today. So this is a born again child of God that died. But much more about this man that died. And the wife stated it again as we read on, on the story. He said, and I will want you to follow me. He said, and thou knowest that the servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor poverty. He feared the Lord. He was a God, tongue-talking, good Christian, but he died penniless. And died when he died, his children are about to now be taken away as slaves. Alright? Because he could, he, they could not pay them their own. Now let's go further. Two. And Elisha answered and said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy aunt made had not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go and borrow the vessel abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessel, borrow not a few. And I want us just to pick some points from verse 2. Verse 2 says again, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in thy house? You realize that this woman, this particular woman, whose husband had just died. Number one, the husband is a prophet or was a prophet. Just like what we call a pastor today. And amazingly, you realize that there is something about this woman. Because for the people the husband was owing, to shortly come after the husband was dead to say, Madam, we are carrying all your two children away. It simply means that they looked at this woman and they know a track record that she was a woman who does not like to work. So all the time, whilst the husband was alive, she was not working. So now the moment the people saw that the husband was dead, they knew that there is no way this woman will be able to pay these debts. Listen to me. I want to talk to our women. In, you know, I'm going to go deeper in the book of Genesis. But this is the destiny of a woman who lives all her life, even today, depending on a man. If you're a woman here, that all you do is to wait for the man to come from work before you eat, you are living a life that you are not going to fulfill your destiny, number one. Number two is that that life will not make you relevant in the life of your children. A woman who only sleeps and wakes up in her husband's house will not be relevant in the scheme of things in the future of her children.
Because as the children grows up and they begin to have challenges, in, which is certain, is either your child will have challenges in the place of what career challenge, or they will have challenges in the place in the house of their own husband or their wife. You, they, they will look for somebody else to to go and meet and talk to and help them, but not you, because they look at you, they cannot see the example of a hardworking, diligent woman. So that is why some of us, we, we some women now, I've heard women say, uh, I have big back. Just go and impregnate anybody and come. My, I have extra wrapper that I can use to. Being called a grandma is not a crown. I was talking to one of my tenants. In one of my properties, and he did something. And the next thing he told me is that I'm a man of 48 year old or something, something like that. I said, Welcome to the God. When a man has lost his relevance, he uses his age as a certificate. Do you know a grandma? Do you know a grandpa? You see, when you talk that way, it's because you have lost your relevance. Your age is not your certificate, your achievement is the real certificate. Is somebody with me this morning? And it's never too late for you as a woman to recover your destiny. Because one day the only crown you have is grandma. And if all that you are waiting for is to be a grandma, I'm telling you, even your grandchildren will see you as a source of bad example. Because why should they come and take the children of this woman when she was alive just because the husband had died? The death of a husband should not have brought financial crisis into that home. But because while she was alive, everything depended on the man. Women, you are not born. Marriage does not mean laziness. If your husband have money, there is not a crime for you to also have your own money. I tell the women around my life, it is not a crime for a woman to own property. It's not a crime. And if you're a woman, you fight to own property. It's not a crime. Not a crime at all. Marriage does not mean that your destiny is now put for sale. Because you are married and, and what the husband, any man that does not want you to walk is your enemy. Take it from me. Just be there because we are made to walk. Human beings were created to walk. We are going to get there. It's a shame that a man who feared the Lord shortly after he died. They, are, they look at the woman and they see hopelessness. They see a woman who cannot pay money. They see a woman who cannot even raise money. And they say, Madam, we have come to carry your children. And you know the amazing thing. She cannot even say, okay, leave my children and carry me. They see her as a valueless woman. And you can even see that she runs straight to the pastor. She cannot even negotiate. Please give me some time. Give me some time to pay. I'm going to go and walk. I'm going to do something. I give credit to all the women who are working here. And those of you who are not working, there is nothing 
He said, I realize that women who pray a lot for their children, for their, they use prayer to justify their laziness. It's not, it's not that it's wrong. But you say, how come as you have said this money, you know, and they kept praying and came, it's good to pray. But you say the truth, children are not, they are not licensed for laziness. So the other day I saw a woman, the daughter is about 15 year old or 16 year old, and she called the daughter on the phone, pleading with her to send money to her. And this girl just finished secondary school. She's not here working. Then when I heard, you know, I just heard, I is dropped in the thing. It's permitted to eavesdrop. And you know, when I heard, I said, where does she want her to get? the money from now and she was praying for her on the phone madam pray for yourself first pray for yourself first pray for yourself first because this girl was not working she just finished secondary school how come me and my daughter my son my daughter please what can i can can you send anything to me yes i'm not working ah god will provide for you you will see mercy you see uh, pray for yourself first Pray that God will also provide for you so that you see. See, let me tell you something. Even if your children are married, still pray that you will be able to send something to them. That's the kind of future I want you to dream of today. By the time your children are sending you money, they send you 5,000 naira, they send them 50,000 naira back. What kind of future are you seeing for yourself as you are here today? Are you with me? Yes, now, ironically, you see, she came for a miracle. She came for a miracle. But remember what I used to tell you. Last week, I, I put some things here. Money does not fall from heaven. Since I've been born, I've never seen money fall from heaven. If money fell from heaven, it's a fake money. Money does not fall from heaven. Money comes to the value you have created. Anytime you need financial breakthrough, ask yourself, what value am I going to create that will make this money to come to me? When you don't create value, don't expect money. Most Christians have 419 mentality, praying for money and sleeping at home. Where would the money come? You think God is a 419? You have to engage your hand. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Money answers to value creation. It flows to where value is being created. Is somebody with me today? Yes, sir. I know what I'm preaching. Some of you may not be to give offering today. You may not smile at me, but I'm also preaching to myself. But the truth must be preached, right? Yes, sir. They came to carry our children away. Who wants to carry your own children away? Or who is carrying your own children away? Some of us now, our children have resorted to having boyfriends because there is no hope in the home anymore. Some of us, we knew how we had to resort to other shortcuts because we have to survive at an early stage. Ironically, some of us still want to give birth to more children. Even with the ones you have, you have not taken good care of them. Is somebody still with me? Yes, That's why I removed my suits. So that you, I'm not going to talk as a pastor. Let's go deeper. Then 
the man of God asked this woman now, what do you want me to do for you? And the second question he asked her is, what do you have in your hand? What do you want me to do for you? And what do you have in your hand? This is the question you find in verse 2 of chapter 4 second kings what do you want me to do for you and what do you have in your house god is always asking you anytime you say god bless me god will ask you what do you have in your heart no man is born empty we only choose not to walk with what god has given to us every man carries something The third thing you realize about this woman is that, verse 3, then he said, verse 3, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Verse 4, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee, upon thee, and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons. Who brought the vessels to her? And she poured it out. The prophet said, Madam, go and borrow vessels. She sent her children to go and borrow it for her. The man of God said, Madam, you go and borrow the vessel. The Bible says she rather sent her children to bring the vessel to her. That's why some of us are living our lives today. Now, our children are now the worker. We are now the one earning the salary. We are sending them out to the labor camp now. Send them out. Send them out. Go and work. Go and work. Go and work. And you are there. Once they collect their salary, you are waiting to collect it and show them how to spend it. That's not how to live. That's not how to live. Some of us, we came out from such a place where we were sent out to go and work. And they are there at home sleeping. And when you collect your salary, you will be the one to buy the gary at home. You will be the one to build. What kind of life is that? It's not the right way to live your life. No wonder the oil stayed on time. Because if she had gone out, the children to have gone out, they would have had more vessels in that house. But look at it. They only had few vessels. She had a small mentality. You see, no matter how hardworking your children are, it is time you to you rise up to work and compensate whatever they are doing. That's the right way to do it. That's the right way to live our lives. It is wrong for you to ever at any point in time, even in your old age, depend on your children before you leave. Never dream of it. You will eat the fruit of your labor by the grace of God. But you see, you will. it is wrong for you to wait for them to bring something before you eat. And that is the future that awaits most people today. But you still have the opportunity, if you are hearing my voice, to fight it. Even if your child is down, go there. You realize that when you stop working, you start aging. Then, Dango, bring your own. Me, I will still do my own. I will still do my own. Is somebody with me? Verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God what has happened. 
how the oil has come, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay the debt. It's amazing that God had to tell her, go and start the business of selling. This was what she, need, she didn't do all her life. So even though the blessing has come, she still had to engage in the labor of carrying the oil to sell. See, to, God did not do the selling for her. She had to do the selling for herself. So finally, the woman who refused to work, God now gave her something. Say, now, go and work. <laughs> go and work. Go and work. You see, you ask yourself, what was she doing all this while that she was not selling? Some of them are specialists in going for every party in town. People who cannot pay school fees but by buying Ashwebi, they have bought a short poverty of their life. Some of the Ashwebi today, some of the people who wear it when they are 70 years old. Because when that time comes, it is this Ashwebi they will be eating. Because some of them today are waiting to reap from the children they are not sowing in their life. Some of you to sow now in their education, you are sowing for Ashwebi. Where do we get this mentality of Ashwebi from? It's a good thing, but in my recently, you know, some time ago, they knew me in my family. Somebody who just asked me for school fees about some months earlier, then they were doing wedding in that same family, then came to ask me to buy Ashwebi of over 20,000. I said, I have never bought one before in my life. Because we are buying a clue that multitude will wear and offer them after that wearing that is where it ends. Some of you can only, if you are to trade the actual bit today you have, you will have started a new business. That's why we say you should not buy actual bit. It is wrong to buy actual bit if you are not investing in the education of your children. It's not actual bit, it's actual yeah. Because now as you are dancing in that place, your children are wet dead looking at you. They've sent them from school. You are dancing. And your children have been sent away from school. All in the name of Ashwebi. It's not Ashwebi. It's Ashwebi. what? Iya. It's Ashwebi. Iya. That's a song that your people say, Lord, take away the, the garment of um, poverty for me. I don't want to use it. You will cover yourself tired. I tell you, if you don't begin to have the right property, song does not change clothes. It is hard work that changes the clothes. Sing that song from now to tomorrow and keep doing what you are doing. Buying Ashwebi all around, Ashwebi will turn to Ashwebi and you will sing that song and nothing will happen. Because whatever a man sows, he will what? Be. Now today, I want to talk about contending with slothfulness, laziness. When it comes to selling, which is what we are just looking at. Hard work is not negotiable in life. It's a must. Because man was created to work. Now, I'm going to give you some things about work, some facts, biblical facts about work or engaging in labor. Number one is that it is ungodly not to work in life, not to be engaging in work. It is a sin. It is ungodly. 
Why? Because in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, the Bible says that thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them, verse 2, and on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day. If Almighty God had to walk, if you say you are a child of God, you don't believe in walking, you are not walking, you are not a child, you are an ungodly child of God. You don't look like God. Because God laid the example of work. The Almighty God, who can do without walking, decided to lay the example of walking. I say he walked for six days and rested on the seventh day. Work is godly. Number two, no man can enjoy perpetual open heaven without engaging in productive labor. Lord, give me open heaven. If you are not working, you can't enjoy open heaven. Open heaven does not answer to laziness. How do I know? Genesis chapter 2 verse 5 says, And every plant of the field before it was on the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God caused it not to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. So because there was no man to walk, the rain refused to. God said it was not time for rain. Heaven was closed because no man was present to till the ground. If you are not tilling the ground, you cannot experience breakthrough. Breakthrough answers to those who are engaging in productive labor. Tell your neighbor, it is time to work. Or tell another person, in case that one is angry with you, it is time to work. Number three, God commanded man to work before eating. It is an abomination to be eating when you are not working. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep him. He gave him work first. Then verse 16, the Bible says, And the Lord commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. So God gave him a work. Then he said, Now you are permitted to Eat. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, Let him that do not walk, not eat. So when you are eating and not walking, you are destroying your destiny. Tell anyone around who is not working, say, Stop eating for one, two weeks and see whether you will not work. You see, do you know what? Hunger has a creative power. When you are not working and you refuse to eat, the empty pot and empty pocket will form an idea in your heart. You will see what by all means. But when you have enough to eat whilst you are not working, you will see what cannot do it. That is why the Bible says that God gave Adam, he said, dress the ground. Dress the ground and say, now you can eat. You are not permitted to be eating if you are not engaging in productive labor. Because when you begin to eat that way, you will never be motivated to work. <laughs> to work. To work. That is why you see women or men who don't work, they are specialists in eating. They eat. Go and check. Those who don't work are those who know how to eat the most. I'm preaching to myself, so you don't know whether I'm talking to myself. And then God, we are not mentioned, we are all preaching to one another because laziness is very hard to discover. 
to no man will ever say is lazy number four man was created to work hard there's a difference between working and working hard man was created by god to work hard genesis chapter 2 again let's look at verse 15 and the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to dress it and to keep it work number one now go to verse 19 and out of the ground the lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto adam to see what he will call them work number two so adam was not just cultivating the ground maybe we'll go and cultivate the ground during the day in the night he would then sit down and god began to bring other animals to him and say oh boy name them name them name them name them that is hard work. So God did not just put all the food there for him to just eat. God said, now, but you are here to work. Work. Hard work does not kill. It only refines. It is stress that kills. It's not hard work. It is stress that kills, not hard work. Hard work does not kill. It only refines. You have one job. You realize that you cannot pay house rent. Get another job and look for something else to do. Maybe in that same place of work, you can start selling Richard Cat to them. In that same place of work, you can even decide to, if you know how to cook, say, when I'm going to work, let me just, let's cook some rice. My friends, my colleagues are always looking for food during the day. I will, I will do something. There is a place on, the, on Admiralty Road in Lekki. Um, they call that restaurant The Bells. This woman came from the mainland some years ago. It's one of the biggest restaurants today on Admiralty Way in Lekki. That's why I mentioned the name. I knew when this woman brought flyers of the food she was selling, all right, that she would tell her to be buying plate, and we all thought she was joking. Do you know how this woman started a restaurant on Admiralty Way? She will come with a car, load the car, and pack it at, at one of the filling stations on Admiralty. When the bankers and all the people finish it, they will go and patronize her. Then at a the point, she began to deliver the food to them. It's like, don't come. And her food was... Mwah. Give her some years that today this woman have a property on admiralty road at least to get a property that you will not spend less than 200 million a woman who started from behind the car and go there by night that place is full because when you eat a goat meat my god you will see vision those of you who are not seeing vision i but you see, if you are not working don't go and eat that goat meat go and eat that goat meat. she spices the thing chop it up telling you but she started with what she had. Number four, five, I mean, five. Sleep came after work. Sleep came after man started walking. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Adam was walking without sleeping. And you know the women, listen to me. God said, I will give him a help meet. That was after Genesis 15, after Genesis 19. When God saw the way Adam was walking, he said, this guy will kill himself. He needs somebody to help him. Women are created not as sex objects, not as children's 
factory, but women are also created not as baby factory, but also as a co-worker. Help meet. It was what was what's the definition of help meet? Help meet simply means Adam was dressing the garden, Adam was naming the animal. The job was too much, the job was becoming much. God gave him an assistant to help him accomplish his work. Women was not created with it. God never said, I will give him a baby factory. God did not say, I will give him a sex object. God said over the woman, I will give him what? Help me. Women are also created to work side by side with the man. This idea that I'm a woman, I should stay at home from morning till night, is an ungodly idea. I'm, I'm just there to give birth to children is a demonic idea. I'm just there to be there. He goes to work. Me, I will just say, Oh, no, worry me. I lay alone. Me, I call me. I am me. about me? You know? And if you are a man, if you are a man, you have a woman. He's just rubbing down your head, calling you Lomori me, Alelo me, calling you my cockroach. You will be buried before her. You will walk, eh? You will be buried before her. I'm telling you. You buried before her. Women may not like what I'm saying. Men, give yourself brain. Give yourself guinea. Brain. You will go and work for money till night. Now you, you will start generator. The same you demand. Eh? You will go and service her. The same you demand. You will pay the school fees. It's 4 a.m. and she's just there. Oh, no worry me. Oh, no, she's not there. It's called, that one is called killing my face with his finger. She's just killing you small, 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 small. And when you die, she will become landlady. <laughs> you don't like the truth. There are more landlady who have never built a house who inherited it in Lagos. Go and check. And if you all the men are dead. It's the women that are not the landlady. The men overwork. They are just there. And you, you, are, you don't know what to do. Each time you do your jacking with on top of her, you have released millions. All the ever has gone. And you are going to still work the next day. Tell her, oh, no worry me. You two call her. Oh, no worry me. Allez, me. Allez, me. One for one, madam. You two, yeah. Well, if it's to go and sleep, go and sleep. Let us come in the night and let us see what will happen. You are not baby factory. You are not said you are called help. <laughs> I said some people will not like me today. <laughs> but it's the truth. It is the truth. You see some women, some men. They are age made too. The woman is shaking the thing on around. The man is now moving like Opagi. Just <laughs> he has finished using his life. And the woman, she's still yours. You have everything still. I say, well, well, thank you very much. Ah, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Something is changing today. I said, something is changing today. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Now, the Bible uses the word slothfulness because the opposite of hard work or the word for hard work is diligence. The opposite of diligence is laziness or slothfulness. Let's look at Genesis, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25. 
Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hand refused to labor. Gen Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25. S-L-O-T-H. That is where the Bible <laughs> So slothful or lazy laziness is the name of an animal. And the, the characteristics of the animal is what they use to define human beings who are lazy or who are slothful. Alright? So Tim, I would like to have this wonderful animal on the screen. And I'm going to use this animal to show, to, for you and I to examine our life. You see, you can be slothful, but you don't know. But you see, even when I was preaching today, I, I saw some, some things. Battling your breakthrough. This animal is called sloth. S-L-O-T-H. Sloth. So when you say slothful, this is the animal that the Bible used to write all the things about laziness, about, about um, slothfulness. This is the, the characteristics of this animal is what it was used throughout the entire Bible. And today, that is where we use the word lazy. It is this animal we are referring to. That's Mr. Animal called lazy or slothful. It's the name of the animal. This is where they derive that word for. This animal called sloth, right? The first, one of the characteristics you see is that he can stay in a position. Show me one of those positions on the tree with his hand like that and not move dead for weeks. He will just be there like that. In one place, like that. He can be there like this for weeks, not moving. And the first thing you see that his stomach is big. And when you see it, his stomach becoming big. To even come down to go and poo-poo is a problem. So he will be there holding the poo-poo. And for after about one week, when he cannot hold it anymore, then he will move slowly down. By the time he's finished poo-pooing, if he was weighing 100 kg before he went to go and poo-poo, by the time he finished poo-pooing, he would be weighing 70 kg. He loses 30% of, of his weight after pooping. What does the Bible say? I have to say about that. That is the spirit of procrastination. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 4. Give me NLT. Proverbs 6 verse 4 says, Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do it. If you find that you always start something and you don't finish it, it's a sign that slothfulness is contending with your life. You find that there are so many unfinished projects in your life. You start this one, you don't finish it. You start this one, you don't finish it. You start this you weight loss program, you stop it. You start this one, you don't finish it. It is because somehow this spirit of laziness has taken over your life. It's, it's, it moves like a stealth mode. He doesn't want you to know that it's there. 
That's why he said, when I look at this first part, I realize that even in my life, there are so many things that have started. By now, I should have had some muscles. Several times, I, I have tried, even I employed a gym instructor who comes and bought all the equipment in my house. When, just when my muscle wanted to start coming out, I quitted again. Because I really want some of you to be afraid of me. So when I'm coming, I just want to be coming. Praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Because see, that brother Michael has been intimidating me for so long. Thank God he's in church today. He is the most popular person in church. So when I said, no, this brother, I, I should. But you see, see my muzu. See my muzu. Is it that the muzu cannot come out? He can. I've not given the time required for it. There are things in your life you should have had today. But the discipline to see even when nobody's encouraging you. You see, don't wait until anybody encourages you. Unfortunately, life itself is full of discouraging things. You have, if you must succeed in life, one of the battles you have to contend with is to encourage yourself. I told my wife, I said, you are the one that made me stop this weight. Because, he said, I said, well, he said when the muscle was coming out, you were not encouraging me. I said, ah, oh God, you have to encourage yourself. I don't have time for your muscle. Encourage yourself. Sometimes you are doing your best, but people are not seeing it and you are discouraged. That is why most people are not succeeding in life. Because they always want someone that will tell them the sweet words. Unfortunately, successful people have learned to live without hearing sweet words. Whatever you have stopped today, it is time to go back to it. Check any project you have stopped, go back to it. You can do it. You have stopped going to school, you are, go back to that school. You have stopped that project, go back to that project. You stop, you start learning something, you have not finished, you've not collected your certificate. Tell yourself, I will finish what I started. Finish what you started. Finish what you started. You are born to finish the race. You have what it takes to finish the race. Is somebody with me today? Until you finish it, don't stop it. The next thing you observe about this animal is that it's extremely slow. Besides snail, snail is not a mammal. Snail moves at 0.04 kilometer per hour. This animal and snail can contend in competition. This animal moves at 0.25 kilometer per hour. In case you don't know, human beings will move at 6.4 kilometer per hour. The average time when we walk. Is by 6.4 kilometers per hour. And yet, this animal, I, can, I, I don't have the video of when it tried to cross, when anything, very slow. Very slow. When he carry one step like this, he can look. look. And even instead of moving again, he will be there. Then. What does the Bible have to say with, about that? Proverbs 26 verse 14 says, As the door turneth upon his hinges, so does the slothful upon his bed. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so does the slothful upon his bed. Proverbs 26 verse 14. Have you ever asked yourself, why do you wake up when you wake up? When I realized at the point in time in my life that I was finding it difficult to study at night, I was finding it difficult to study effectively at night, to pray at night, I had to tell myself, you see, no matter where I am, right, there is a certain time I don't eat anymore. That's the price I had to pay. 
I stop eating. Wherever I am, you will never see me in my life eating every food by seven after seven o'clock. Unless oh, maybe the situation is because life is too precious to just sleep away your destiny. Wake up. See, do you realize that when you before you knew it, old age is coming? Check when you were 20 for some of us that are 40 today. You can you realize that when it you you can you it just looks like yesterday. Those of us who are clocking 50, it looks like yesterday. And amazingly, most of us have so many plans, but we refuse to move when we ought to move. One year is enough to change everything about our life. Four weeks' time, we'll say bye-bye to 2022, 2021. You see, today is the last day of our fellowship. I told the leader, every fellowship, move it away from Sunday. Move it to during the week. The next one, we, had, we started planning for 2022 as far back as on two months. In fact, somebody told me that anything I say is 2022, 2022. Because I, I, we, even our church, there are some things we are putting in place for 2022 that we are, we are using our brain. Coming up with long, five years plan, one year, different plan, and changing things. Because if you don't deliberately sit down and engage your brain, things will not just change by default around your life. Do you have a one-year plan? Where will you be in five years' time? One of the plans we had in our church, when I realized that a lot of young people were not going to school here in our church, was that we are, I said we are going to raise more graduates in our church within five years. We just moved, this is the second year of that vision, and today we've had a lot of our young people now who are in school. When I came by, a lot of people were not going to school in church. So I said, no, I can't be a pastor of those who don't go to school. So instead of buying more drum set, buying more this, buying more that, we channel the money, sending people to university, sending people to pay for scholarship, pay for secondary school. They gave us five years, and now, now even the new vision, when we start our plan by the grace of God, that we want to raise IT guru in the next five years. Those who will be dominant, and I see a lot of our young people, so deliberately now I told myself, I, it will not happen by time because the world is going more into IT. So, all those ones, all our children, you will never see any of those children around me telling me, they want to go and study political, study political. no, 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 no. Uh, I want to go and do a Greek, no, no, no. See, anything that does not have technology, don't go there. We will be deliberate in raising children who are leaders in the technology world. It will not happen by chance. Yeah, it will not happen by chance. It will not happen by chance. Number three, this slot animal spent virtually all the time motionless on a tree. No other words, sleeping and slumbering. Spent almost all the time sleeping. This animal sleeping. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 15 says, Slothfulness casteth into deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. That's the animal. Sloth, one of the things he knows how to do is to sleep. If there is anything all of us must contend with in our life, is sleep. Sleep. Africans, we sleep a lot. Nigerians, we sleep a lot. You see, you think America just became world power overnight. America, they sleep less. One time, I, I, I entered New York in the morning. One of the things I saw with the young people on, the way you go to America, especially New York, huh, you will see that most of them are holding cup. Cup in their hand. Cup of coffee, cup of coffee, cup of coffee. In most of them. In fact, coffee, 
of Mr. Biggs, there is a company that is called Starbucks. What they specialize in is just to sell different types of coffee. Some of you here have not taken one coffee in 2021. And you, instead of looking for coffee in the morning, you stay with fufu and three meat with vegetable. And you say you want to be productive. And in the night, 8 o'clock, you are now taking olubu with um, with all with okazi inside. And they've given you the stockfish and the pomo is there. And you say you want to pray at night. No wonder prayer is praying you. You see, you have to be deliberate in contending with sleep. There are those, you see, I want to encourage you. Buy coffee. Take coffee every day. You see, be especially in starting your day with a cup of coffee and see what will happen. Coffee opens your brain. It makes you have mental alertness. There is, see, before I used to buy coffee, there is no time you come to my house that you don't see coffees in carton. I don't buy such, I buy carton. Carton, I have them. I, I, in the morning, bam, bam, I take it and I'm there. I wake up, I take my black coffee. It helps me. I've planned it out. No man becomes successful by accident. You have to be deliberate about your success. And one of the enemies of success is sleep. It's sleep. It's sleep. If you sleep too much, you cannot study. Now, let's, let me jump a bit from this animal to then tell you something that you need to then pray about. Causes of laziness. Laziness happens due to majorly two factors. Number one is by natural cause. Number two, spiritual cause. Now, when your laziness has a voice attached to it, it's demonic. And I'll tell you what I mean. You need to identify why you are where you are. What is causing laziness? Is it by natural cause or spir spiritual cause? How do you know with a natural cause? Now, for instance, natural cause of laziness is due to home, 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 home training, association, environmental factors, parental background. So for some of us, for instance, now, we sleep anyhow. We do not have the luxury of parents who will say, wake up. Those who go to who went to boarding school, that's one of the things boarding school does for you. Those of you who have gone to boarding school, how many of you went to boarding school here? Am I not right? One of the things that boarding school does is to deal with sleeping in your life. But most of us who don't have homes, sometimes you are sleeping and your parents will not come and wake you up. So you grow up not knowing the discipline of waking up at a certain time. So you have to know that now your own is due to that upbringing. And on Saturday, for some of us in our houses, Saturday we can sleep till 11 o'clock. Everybody, you are just on your own. It's a form of home training. And if you are here like that, don't train your children that way. Don't train your children that way. You, at least, if my children take coffee, when I realize that my daughter loves to sleep a lot, I have to, before coming to church, because my daughter, when she enters, one of them is a morning person, the other one is a night person. I saw the morning person, uh, Judith, that one in the morning, her eyes is as if she had gone to chop, shack, shack something. But Juanita can be there till 11, 12, 1, not sleeping. But in the morning, oh, it's like a, a generator that I've overworked. She just sleep up. She's my daughter. You see, you don't produce wife material by accident. Some of us are just producing girls, not wife material, not career material. 
You see, you have daughters. You see, those of us who have daughters, you must be deliberate about producing daughters who will do well in your career world, who will do well in their husband world, and it starts with the way you raise them now. I have Koboko for my daughter. She rides Okada more than some of you. She's a specialist in rising Okada. I don't have house girl. I could afford house girl. But nobody can come and wash the plate of my from, in place of my daughter. The other day I came from church. She has not watched her plate. I kept quiet. She was going to school. She has entered the car. I brought her down. Gave her some koboko. Go back. You wash this plate before you go to school. But some of us did not have luxury of parents who are so forceful on us like that. Then the question is, you have to retrain yourself. You have to what? Retrain yourself. They have tried your best. Their best over your life. Then you retrain yourself. Only Yoruba used to say that if they gave that to you, don't be on your man trying your be so you can rebirth yourself. So how do you know natural cause of laziness? Number one, it happens without a voice. You just, you just always feel like it. You don't know why you are just feel like you don't know why you don't complete what you start. All right, and to so and it happens because some of us, when you see that you love pleasure, you just you are the type that you love party, you love pleasure, you love you know you love being there, you know because every time you, you nobody control your TV life, nobody control anything. If you say you are not going to school, no, you are over pampered. These are all the things that causes laziness. But you can deal with it. Natural cause of laziness can be dealt with, number one, by taking counsel. Number two, by being honest. You have to be honest with yourself that, no, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm very lazy. I'm not doing the, my best now. And you have to admit, because the moment you tell yourself the truth, that is the number one point of deliverance. Number two, you have to learn to create, start your day by create, before, you, before your next day, you have to sit down, what am I doing tomorrow? So you have to create a to-do list. If you want to overcome natural cause of laziness, you do not move out of your house before planning. You plan before you move out of your house. Today, what am I going to achieve? Because, you see, those who have natural cause of laziness, they are easily distracted. So they may be going something like this, and, and people, two people are fighting. You, you know some of you, before you know, ah, hey, and he has forgotten that he's going somewhere. You, natural cause of laziness. You start something, maybe you are reading a book, then in, in between, something comes. And before you know, you have left that page, you have moved to another place. Before you know, you have, at the end of the day, it is in the night you remember that you have not done this. So you must have deliberately create an organizer to do. Pam, 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 pam. If you see my book, I always have a note where I create to do every day. And now, if I now I'm not trying to create it before I sleep, what am I doing tomorrow? You have to be disciplined. Number two, you have to be accountable. Get somebody to hold you accountable. Get somebody to hold you accountable. Tell somebody, see, I want to achieve this thing tomorrow. Please, help check me around 11, please. So that you have to buy, I, there are one of our brothers in church, Rookie, he's my PA. He, 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 he has helped me a lot. And I tell him, avoid me, I'm easily distracted a lot of things. So Rookie, I brought myself on that for him. I said, don't say I'm because I'm your pastor. These are the things we must achieve. Call me one million times. If I don't achieve it, don't give up on me. He's younger than me, but I saw that he's more disciplined. He's less, he's less distracted. So I have to bring myself under. So you, there are people around you. You don't have to be older than you to hold you accountable. It can even be your children that you say, please hold me accountable. 
Get somebody to hold you accountable. So you tell yourself, I'm starting this program and I want to finish it. Please, can you check on me every day? So you have to find a way of rotating the person, encouraging the person, make the person, but help the person. Please hold me accountable. Some of us cannot work well without somebody holding us accountable. Because we are not that disciplined. Who is holding you accountable this year? Who is checking on all the things you said you will achieve in 2021? Because nobody is checking on you. You have not been able to achieve them. So before you move into 2022 and plan again, when you are planning, you must have what I call a planning manager. Somebody who will oversee that thing and the person can call you to order. The person can call you to order. That is how to deal with natural laziness. Because by default, no human being loves to work. Then all of us, if we have our way, we just want money, we don't want to work. The next way to deal with natural cause of laziness is that you must deal with pride. You don't have money. You are saying you cannot do this kind of a job. You are not yet serious. One day a man came here to come and beg for money. I just decided to test the man. I said, no, I want to give you money, but my car is out there. Can you wash my car? I said, no, I can't. Me, I, I, do, I can't wash your car. And he walked away. I said, this man will die poor. He will die poor. You see, at a, at a point in time in your life, you realize that nobody wants to borrow you money. You have to learn how to go and do the work to raise the capital for what you want to go and do. There was a time I was working in a factory. I worked in a factory that was gassing. I, I had to work removing my clothes to work there because of it. But I use it to raise money to send myself to go and learn the computer work which I am now used to send myself to school. I don't have to work in the factory. There was a time I was, I was doing photography on the donkey like this pleasure one. That time it was a total. I had to go and recreate, work with the malams. There was a time I was selling Kuli Kuli at a gay gay market with the malams. Do what you have to do to get to where you need to go and don't stop. Don't stop. Keep on depending on people. Nobody wants to borrow your money. Borrow yourself brain. And get to work. I see, I've seen people say, I cannot work in factory. I cannot work here. You see, that is where you are. Whether you like it or one day, you walk the walk. You walk the walk. You walk the walk. Like I said, such people, they use children as consolation. The, the, the children will work, they will hand the salary. Very soon, the children will run away from there. Is somebody with me today? Don't be ashamed. Anybody that does not like to see your fatty garment, let the person give you the money to go and start another business. But as long as you cannot give me the money, I will do what I have to do to get to where I'm going. When I was a conductor, all my mates were laughing at me that I was a conductor. It was a shameful thing for me as a student to be running as a conductor in this Lagos. Because I you know by the time, so the, I, but you know, I was a conductor with swagger. Ah, I don't, he said, my mate will be there. That is when I will even put my handkerchief so that they would, yes, I will, I will roll the handkerchief like that and put it there and say, Wale, Jodu Bega, Jodu Bega, Wale, Pelu, Change, Wale, Those are my classmates. And he said, Ah, John. See, and you have to learn how to come down from motion. If not, your teeth will be your certificate. But I have to do what I have to do. 
I've got to. They, they will come from school. When I get to school, they will laugh at me. Conductor, where are all of them today? You see, you better let them laugh at you today so that they can celebrate you tomorrow. Let them laugh at you today. Let them laugh at you today. Let them call your names today. A lot of the people who were laughing were about where or who were laughing at me those days as a conductor, those days of selling kulikulisi. One of the business I the worst business I did in my life was selling raw fish and carrying it on my head. It made me look like Ebora in Lagos. You, do you know Ebora? Inwe, you remember calling me Orisha. You know, all those gods because. Flies will cover this raw fish, and you have to. You don't know whether you are selling flies or selling fish. But I did it with joy. Where are all those who laughed at it today? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? One of the guys who were laughing at me came some years later. Oh boy, show me the way. Your story is going to change. You see, there is a season for everything in your life. Let them laugh at you now. But you. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. One day, my mother said, somebody came to her house and said, ah, the God of your son is my God. But when I was selling Kuli Kuli, they didn't say that. The next way to identify the cause of laziness very quickly is demonic sources. And I will tell you how to know whether it's demonic. Demonic laziness has its characteristics. Number one sign to know whether your laziness or slothfulness is demonic is whenever you want to do something productive, you'll find yourself being bored or sleeping. And after that thing is gone, you'll find yourself awake. That is the presence of a demon. So sometimes you may want to pray. Then all of a sudden you find out that that time you said you want to pray, you just feel tired. Or you want to read. Then it will be as if somebody has borrowed your mind somewhere. But the same way, when you now stay in front of TV, your brain, yourself comes alive. That is demonic. More often time is demonic. It comes when you want to do something that will add value to your life. Real value. But when whatever you are doing will not add value or advancement to your life, you don't have a problem. So this kind of one comes when you want to study, when you want to pray, when you want to maybe do something. That is when the thing comes. But when you, are, when you, when you say you are not doing anything, you can be there just for money tonight. You don't feel anything. You can be there doing other things. But anytime you want to do something serious about your life, then you feel like sleeping. You feel bored. You feel tired. Ah, that is a demon at work. There is a demon called the spirit of slumber. Isaiah, let me show you. Isaiah, I think somewhere in Isaiah 29, verse 10. Isaiah 29, this somewhere in verse 10. Let's quickly go there. If you have it on the screen, give it to me. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of, you see, the spirit of deep sleep. And had closed your eyes, the prophets, your rulers, the seers that he covered. There is a spirit called the spirit of deep sleep. It's also called the spirit of slumber. There's somewhere in Isaiah 56 thereabouts. The spirit of deep sleep. That's one of the signs to know it. Another way you can know is that it causes you to do things against your will. 
So you just hear, yeah, maybe you want to do something now, but you just, it will be as if you are the one talking to yourself. I'm tired. Anytime you find yourself repeating that word, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Ask yourself, why are you saying this word? Because there is a spirit of tiredness. One of the words I'm very careful to say is, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So always ask yourself, why are you saying you are tired? Because the moment you find yourself always saying something, I am tired. I am tired. And ask yourself, are you genuinely tired? Because if truly you are tired, you will not be doing what you are doing now. Another sign of slumbering spirit is when you just find yourself sleeping at odd hours of the day. Odd hours of the day. So it's 12 o'clock and you just find yourself going to sleep. Sleeping odd hours of the day. Odd hours of the day is a sign. Another way you can understand demonic laziness is that it is also a spirit of, it's called familiar spirits. So some of us inherited it from our parents. So you have to look at where you are and then look back to the life of your parents. How far did your parents go? Then ask them, why did they not go far? Then look down to your family line. See that that same thing going out in Jesus' name. I said, is that demon that is going out in Jesus' name? So you find that you have parents who also are old, but they are doing nothing. Your parents don't do nothing. In their old age, they are not doing nothing. They are not doing more. They don't go to school. They don't go to work. They don't go to anything. One way or the other, that thing, and you go down your family and you realize that it is the same thing. That spirit is called a familiar spirit. That
name of Jesus, I take authority over you out of my life. Out of my life, you have to violently take it back by force, cast it out by force. I mean, deal with it by force. Don't celebrate it, don't celebrate it today. I pray for someone here before this year is over. Whatever the enemy has robbed you from, every invasion of the spirit of slothfulness, in the name of Jesus, they are giving way now. Amen. How many of you agree that we should pray today? Now, on Tuesday, by the grace of God, is our communion service. And I will be throwing more light in that communion service. Maybe we should call it communion and deliverance service. We'll be throwing more light in that, that service, especially designed for this thing I've taught today. Because you cannot afford to live a wasted life. You are too gifted to be a waste. You are too gifted to be a waste. You are too gifted to be a waste. So by the grace of God on Tuesday, at that communion service, we are going to have more time to pray. But however now, I want us to start to our faith. Because it is our season. Can I change the mic or something? It's... it's the technical time, do I need to change the mic or something? I don't like the common sound. Please do something about it. I want us to spend time to pray. How many of you have been challenged today to for excellence? Lift up your voice everywhere and talk to God. As a Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. Word. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for speaking me thank god for speaking to you thank god for speaking to you thank god for speaking to you give him thanks give him praise give him thanks give him praise thank you lord for speaking to me thank you lord for speaking to me thank you lord for speaking to me lift your voice everyone and just say lord i thank you for addressing my life today i am rising up to be a better person i'm not going back way the same way i've come so lift your voice, somebody. If you are a man here, you, are, you don't have a job. You are not working. I want to encourage you. Take out this week. Or your work is not going well. Take out this week. Monday, Tuesday, wait upon the Lord in fasting and prayer. There is nothing that frustrates a man. Than when his source of income 
is being attacked. Most men do not know that one of the things the devil used to deal with a man is to deal with the source of income. For when it deals with it, your pride is taken away. Your crown is taken away. A man had a quarrel with his wife one day. I think in Switzerland. And the woman became so angry in their matrimonial and went to the wall and removed the wall clock and gave it to the man and said, get out of my house. This is the only thing you brought into this marriage. Out. Gave the man the wall clock and walked the man out. Men, the devil is a specialist in frustrating the career of a man just to rob you of your crown. To rob you of your crown. But before this week is over, I see God restoring it to you. Before this week is over, I see God restoring every lost crown back to you in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you as we pray today. If you're a man, this communion service on Tuesday is for you. Take out time, wait upon the Lord and cry unto God. Cry unto God. Cry unto God. It's not a good thing for a man not to be engaged in productive work. And that's why I believe the devil knows how to attack the career and the business of a man. Lift your voice today and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I break out of every hold of slothfulness. Concerning every area that's touching my life, I break out of it in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and just pray for yourself. Any area of my life that is under the siege of thoughtfulness, all those thoughtfulness, in the name of Jesus, I break out of it today. Every abandoned project, whatever I've been robbed of due to thoughtfulness, every influence of thoughtfulness in any area that's touching my life, in the name of Jesus, lift your voice and pray. I break out of it now. I break out of it now. I rise above it now. In the name of Jesus, I will rise to fulfill my destiny. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice and talk to God, somebody. Lift your voice and pray, somebody. Cry unto God from the depth of your heart. I break out of slothfulness. I break out of the siege of slothfulness in my career, on my destiny, on any area such in my life. Every siege of slothfulness, I break out of you right now. I break out of you right now. Whatever may be the cause, be it biological, environmental, association, demonic, in the name of Jesus, I break out of slothfulness. In the name of Jesus, I break the hold of slothfulness upon my life. In the name of Jesus. Sundalamahadabi. <laughs> 
In Jesus' name we pray. Now I want to quickly pray for somebody if you are not born again. Jesus, Bible said, he went about doing good. Jesus said, my father walked so I walk. So when Jesus steps in, there is a game changer. Maybe you used to be a Christian, but you backslid. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. I don't know the decisions you have made in time past that have backfired. But today you want to say, Jesus, I want to rededicate my life to you. Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. He's the God of a second chance. He's a God of a new beginning. Today is your day of a new beginning. Today is your day of recovery. Jesus remains the answer to all of life's challenges. Today you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be born again. Maybe you're watching online, joining from anywhere around the world. I want to also pray for you right now. Wherever you are, just place your hand on your chest. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, just place your right hand on your chest. God bless you. I see those hands right now. Place your hand on your chest. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, or you want to give your life to Jesus, just place your hand on your chest. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Say this words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to rededicate my life to you or to give you my life. Today, I repent of my sins. I repent of every wayward ways. And I turn to Jesus. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that he died for my sins. That he was buried. And that he rose again. Today, Lord Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for redeeming my soul, for setting me free today and for saving my soul. I boldly declare, I am born again. All things have passed away. All things. Say with me, all things have become new. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today for all those who have made the decision to give their life to Christ. For all those who have surrendered their life to Jesus. I pray for this one's heavenly Father that today marks a new beginning in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that these ones will be filled with your Holy Spirit. And let them be rooted and grounded in your kingdom. Let them flourish in your court, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name, I have prayed. Shout a louder, Amen. Now, how many of you prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart? Let me see your hand. You prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart. God bless you. I can see one hand there. I can see another hand there. I can see my team. Where are the, where are the team with the pastor? Where are the team with the please give them every make sure you give them hand as they are praying that prayer. And I want to fill that card because I want to pray with you and for you. We will be reaching out to you this week to share the word of God with you. From today's, your life will not be the same again. Amen. Now everybody lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floor. Who shall ascend to the hills of the Lord? Who shall dwell in his holy place? He that had a clean hand and a pure heart. 
who have not lifted up his heart unto vanity. Today, you are in this house. As you go into this week, I send you forth as an agent of life. Because you have not lifted your heart unto vain God. You have not lifted up your heart to, to any other God but the living God. Therefore, this week, this living God that you put your trust in, will go ahead of you this week. I pray for you that this week the Lord will fight your battle for you. Surely they shall gather, but by the mighty hand of Jehovah, they shall be scattered for your sake. In the name of Jesus, every evil hand that has been lifted up against you, to wage war against you, to fight you, to send evil against your life, against any air that touches your life. Today, because it is written, those who trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken. As far as no hand can move any mountain, today I pray for you, no hand will move you into evil. No evil hand will prosper against you. No evil hand will triumph against you. Ah, they that are waiting to mock you. They that are waiting to see your downfall. They that are waiting to laugh at your downfall. Today, their mouth shall be filled with sorrow. In the name of Jesus, what will thou give them, O God? All those who have concocted evil. All those who have incubated evil. All those who have impregnated themselves with evil. To arm you. To usher you into sorrow. To usher you into into wailing. To usher you into mourning. What will thou give them, O God? Lord, I ask, concerning these evil ones, and concerning these your own children, give the evil ones of their life a miscarriage womb and a dry breast. In the name of Jesus, let the hand of the wicked not be able to perform their enterprise concerning these children of God. In the name of Jesus, now I ask, oh God, that as you show children going on this week, fill them with the wisdom of above. Fill them with an excellent spirit. Fill them with a creative spirit. You will be the answer to the problem of the world. You are a provider of solutions. In the name of Jesus, every challenges that have entered into this week with you, every form of challenges, anything called difficulty, I say as you go into this week, the challenges have been solved. Difficulties are giving way. You shall no longer be confused. You shall no longer be confused. The ideas that you need to end 2021 well, receive that idea now. In the name of Jesus, as you go forth into this week, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. You will break through. You will break forth on every side. In the name of Jesus. Now listen to me. It is said that the end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former sea of the Lord. Therefore, I say that the end of 2021 shall be far better than the beginning thereof for you. In the name of Jesus. The latter glory of 2021 shall outshine all the other glory you have seen this year. In the name of Jesus. Your mouth shall be filled with laughter. You will not bury. You will not be buried. I say you will not bury. You will not be buried. I say you will not bury. You 
you will not be buried. Whatever may be the nature of the accident, any nature of the accident, water accident, fire accident, oil accident, gas accident, no matter the name of the accident or the nature of the accident or the cause of the accident concerning you and yours, you go forth and you are escaping them all. You are escaping them all. You are escaping them all. In the name of Jesus. It is well with you. I said it is well with you. You are going for being blessed of the Lord. In Jesus' precious name I have prayed. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, somebody, are you blessed? Then put your hands together for Jesus. You may please be seated. My good God. Thank you, Lord. So as we go forth into this week, expect great things to happen to you. Amen. Oh, your amen is not catching fire. Amen. Expect great things to happen to you. Amen. You will no longer be called lazy. Amen. You shall fulfill your destiny. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It is time to honor the Lord with our substance. Listen to me. When we walk, we make money. And people do different things with the money they make. As children of God, we don't make money just to be rich. We make money to advance the course of the kingdom of heaven. That is why the Bible says that the land you are going to go into, when you enter into that land, said the first fruit of that land, give it to me. You know what? The first fruit of your labor, I want to chop it. That's what the Lord said. I said, see what I will now do for you. That was why he was angry with them when they refused to rest. Because they did not rest because God has blessed them whilst they are working. And God said, no, you have worked. Now you need to eat the fruit of your labor. So as you honor the Lord with your substance, you are honoring him with your sweat. And as you engage in labor, you will not sweat in vain. Amen. Our finances is a spiritual thing because it's what we produce when we work. So as you keep bringing those money, your, those tithes, those offerings, never decide to give him crumbs. In fact, always have a dream to always give more than you ever gave. Every week, or even if it's to add one cover to it, always demonstrate progress in your finances by giving with all your might to the Lord. One of the reasons why we don't get blessed when we give is because we don't give with from the depth of our heart. We give religiously, not wholeheartedly. So when it's time for offering or whatever, or our tithe, we just dip our hands. We don't really give. That was why Cain was not blessed. And Abel was blessed because he thought about what he will give you and he honored the Lord with it. So as you give your offering today, I want you to be an offering from the depth of your heart. And your prayer is that by the time I'm coming next Sunday, I will not give what I'm giving today. My level will keep changing from glory to glory. Is that somebody's prayer right now? Amen. Now, can you with joy from the depth of your heart, bring out your substance, your tithe, your offering as we honor the Lord with it. Those of you who want to give your tithe, you can please stand to your feet. I want to quickly pray for all those who are tithing. Maybe you've transferred your tithe online. It doesn't matter if you have tithe. It doesn't matter even if you have transferred online. I still want to pray or you want to give now, right now. Father, thank you for every tithe in this house. For these ones are honoring you with that which belongs to you. Minimum of the 10% is what they are giving. Lord, let your faithfulness multiply towards them. Uh, the principle behind tithing is the principle of demonstration of faithfulness. Lord, raise faithful men to support their lives. Strengthen them with your blessings. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed.
Now can we stand as we give our offerings? Let's stand as we give our offerings. Lift up those offerings from the depth of your heart. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we are giving from the depth of our heart to a God who desires our worship and our honor. We ask, Lord, that as we honor you with our substance, you'll be enthroned and be glorified in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you are blessing and increasing us the more, even as we give today. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Shout the louder, amen. All right, please let's quickly drop those offering with joy and gladness. Miracles and miracles, a million little miracles. Miracles and miracles, count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count the four. I can't even, I can't even count the four. I can't even, I can't even count the four. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even. Maybe you are joining online for the first time. We also want to welcome you greatly. We know that the Lord has blessed and inspired you greatly. But those of you who are worshiping with us for the very first time in this house, those of you who are watching online, I'm sure somebody is in our chat room to engage you right now. Okay. And those of you who are watching with us right now, I want to also welcome you. But before I do that, I want to release all those who are watching us online. So our chat room people are going to actually engage all our online audience now to welcome you. And I want to let you know if you are watching us online that we love you and the Lord is going to strengthen you. And we look forward to seeing you worship in any of our physical service. One of those. Father, thank you for all those who are joining us online. As we release them, we release them into your grace and your blessings. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Now, till we see you on Tuesday, those of you who are watching, watching, uh, watching us online, I want to say shalom, remain blessed, and God bless you. Bye-bye to all our online audience. Can we clap as we go, go offline right now? Okay. Now, those of you who are watching, uh, I said watching, those of you who are in this church right now, we've let our online audience go right now. If today's your first time, can you just please wave your hands to me? Today's your first time, anybody like that? Today's your, wow, I, oh, wonderful, wonderful, wow. Somebody please appreciate them. God bless you, sons and mass. Welcome, you are welcome. Hallelujah. I want to specially welcome all those who are watching, um, joining us online. Uh, I, I love online a lot. Those of you who are joining us in this house this morning, I want to welcome you. I want to tell you that you are at the right place at the right time. And it who has begun a good work in your life will perfect it in Jesus' name. If you don't mind, I would like to pray with you. I would like to pray for you right now. Can you just, uh, if you don't mind, if you can stand on your feet, I just want to quickly pray for you. Father, I thank you for all these wonderful people you have brought to this house. 
You alone know their heart desires. You alone know what they desire from you. They have stepped into this house today. Now, Lord, I ask that you grant them their heart desires in the name of Jesus. Lord, meet them at the point of their needs in the name of Jesus. Father, let today be a turnaround for a new beginning for the better in the name of Jesus. Surprise them this week with good things and let them return with testimonies. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Beloved, please, we have a small reception for you out there. So I want to tell you that you, um, you can pick your belongings right now. Our team want to host you to a light refreshing, um, reception under the canopy. Please, if you don't mind, you can follow any of the people as they take you out there. Or if, if, or if you want to do it after the service, no problem. But I think it's better you take advantage of what they want to do for you right now. So please, can you help us take them on to, to the reception and give them less them a royal hospitality. Keep clapping for them as they go for their reception. We have a guest reception for them. Oh, keep clapping for them as they go for their guest reception. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, you most of you will observe that we have we started taking some registration out there. If you have not registered, today we uh, our team added the occupation. All right, please, we really, we are not trying to do, you see, like I told you, as a church, we, there are some, there's a place for prayer, there's a place for work. We told you that in, um, in next year, between late January and early February, we are bringing people here to empower our people, resource people. It's costing us a lot of money to put that program together. But we don't want to put a program together that will not benefit what you are doing. That is why we began to register and now ask for the areas of your profession, what you are doing for a living. Because we want to be able to collate those information to then be able to know the kind of training, the kind of program we are going to run in January that will benefit the people in church. That is the essence of the information they are giving. There is nobody here that cannot be trained. It, it, because it's not every training that requires you to have gone to school. So even if you're a organizer, we are looking for what you can do to enhance your organizing business. Because the truth of the matter is, it is a blessed people that can produce a blessed church. And we, we should not just come to church to receive prayer, 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 prayer. Prayer is good, but we must also add value in other areas of our life. Even if you're a market.